Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. I'm John Fugelsang. This is SiriusXM Progress. Welcome to it. We are coming to you live from the L.A. studios of SiriusXM here in beautiful Hollywood. It is so good to be back on the West Coast. It's kind of nice to do this show uh, where it's still daylight out for a while. We've been having a really fun time this week. Chris Hauselt, our amazing executive producer, still running this whole monster from South Carolina. The mighty Thea Harper producing this show out of Brooklyn. We've had a lot of comedian friends wander back into our life this week here in the studio. Tonight we're going to have a mixture of our regulars and uh, some funny friends here on the West Coast. Professor Corey Brettschneider will be with us very shortly. There is, I don't know if you know about this, uh, a lot to talk about in the legal world this week. And we are going to be talking with Professor Corey about well, you know, the indictment, but also about the good news I'll get to in just a second. Uh, in hour number three, oh my God, one of the funniest women in stand-up comedy, Jackie Cation, is back on our show tonight. Also, Raja Michael, who hasn't been on since before the pandemic, and our good friend Dustin Chafin, who uh, grew up in Texas, moved to New York, moved to L.A. He was here last night, and in spite of popular demand, I, I think if they let him into the building, he's going to come back too. Today is the birthday of the late Governor Mario Cuomo. He would have been 91 years old today. Today's also the birthday of Jim Belushi. He is 91 years old, I, I think. He's around around that. Happy birthday to a friend of the show, Helen Hunt, the Academy Award winner, who we love very much. Also, happy birthday to the great English actor and director, Simon Callow, who has also been on our show. And uh, happy birthday to Ice Cube. And all I know is, even though it's his birthday, I'm sure he'll look terribly angry uh, about something. Are we ready? Are we ready? Let's do a show. It is 509 days until the 2024 presidential election. It is 255 days until Donald Trump's New York City trial begins. It is 235 days until the Republicans have their Super Tuesday on February 5th. It is 193 days until Christmas. It is 45 days until the month we find out if Trump's going to be indicted for RICO charges in Georgia. 15 days until. Indiana Jones opens, and it's pretty exciting over here. This is Thirsty Thursday, and before I get to who's the thirstiest person, and we have a really special winner tonight, y you know, we had some really good news today. There's lots of bits of really good news today, and I want to know your thoughts on it. The best news I can tell you is the Supreme Court upheld a federal law to protect Native children from being removed from their families or their tribes for fostering or adoption. 
We've had ethnic cleansing in this country. And a couple of years ago, when Donald Trump thought it would be a good idea under Attorney General Jeff Sessions to start stealing the children of migrants as a deterrent, because, you know, when you let Stephen Miller make policy, these things happen. A lot of folks at the time said this is just like the Indian residential schools where indigenous children 100 years ago were taken away from their families, sent away to schools, given new names and essentially taught to be white. Well, today was a bit of healing. Uh, this law was enacted in 1978, the Indian Child Welfare Act, after thousands and thousands of native minors were forcibly placed in residential schools or homes that had no tribal connections. But today, the Supreme Court ruled seven to two to keep the Indian Child Welfare Act intact. Uh, guess who the two holdouts were? Guess who the two holdouts were? Who don't give a damn about Indian? Yeah, oh, you know, Thomas and Alito. I know. Listen, it's so positive. I want to quote Interior Secretary Deb Holland, who is the first indigenous person to serve a presidential cabinet. Today's decision is a welcome affirmation. I'm sorry, the first indigenous woman to serve in a cabinet. Today's decision is a welcome affirmation across Indian country of what presidents and congressional majorities on both sides of the aisle have recognized for the past four decades. For nearly two centuries, federal policies promoted the forced removal of Indian children from their families and communities through boarding schools, foster care, and adoption. Those policies were a targeted attack on the existence of tribes, and they inflicted trauma on children, families, and communities that people continue to feel today. Congress passed the Indian Child Welfare Act in 1978 to put an end to those policies. The act ensured that the U.S.'s new policy would be to meet its legal and moral obligation to protect Indian children and families and safeguard the future of Indian tribes. It's a really good day on the Supreme Court. This act represents and respects tribal sovereignty. It takes care of indigenous children. It guarantees those families and their culture will be kept whole and it will not allow the placement of the children into non-native homes. A great win for tribal sovereignty is also a great win for American decency. All right. We've done the good stuff now. Feel good parts over. Let's talk about douchebags. Uh, it's Thirsty Thursday. Who is the thirstiest rat bastard in politics today? Who just can't keep their freaking mouth shut? Who just wants attention or notoriety or the clicks or the likes so bad they're willing to burn it all down? Well, we've got a lot. First candidate, uh, Jack Teixeira. Remember him? Mm-hmm. The guy who was releasing all of the information on the Discord channel and uh, was was was, you know, the, he was the guy who was in his little chat room being racist and revealing national secrets. Well, a federal grand jury has indicted the Pentagon leaker, Dak Jack Teixeira, on six counts of willful retention and transmission of classified information related to national defense. Donald Trump's had retention and transmission issues, too, but it's got nothing to do with politics. Uh, in addition to sharing the national secrets on a Discord channel, you remember this is the guy who also spread really disgusting, anti-Semitic and, and racist and violent memes. He talked about his desire to kill a lot of people. He described what he called uh, an assassination van that would cruise around killing people in a crowded urban or suburban environment. This was the guy that all the Republicans rushed to defend, right? Mar Marjorie Taylor Greene. She said he is white, male, Christian, and anti-war, and therefore an enemy of the Biden regime. Guys, don't, don't, don't ever mistake the Republicans when they say they're anti-war. They've never been anti-war. They're saying that this year for politics. Number two, second bachelor, Donald Trump Jr. Now, this one I almost didn't include because it's, it's kind of not fair. He wasn't being that thirsty in public, but a judge just unsealed some bombshell emails sent by 
Fredo's son, Fredo, in which he launches racist attacks against black New Yorkers and Mexicans. In an email to one of his best friends, a guy in his wedding party, uh, Trump Jr. wrote that his friend should, quote, encourage the Mexicans who come to the U.S. and give them another excuse to not learn English. When I have to speak to my grandchildren in Spanish, at least I know I will have you to thank. And his friend wrote back saying, hey, let's stop this wetback issue dead in its tracks. And another time, Trump Jr. went after black people in New York. He said that uh, Upper Manhattan had so many black residents that it now looks like Harlem. Harlem is Upper Manhattan. It's where I live. And I'm the whitest guy I've ever met. Trump Jr. said he can hear the theme song of the Jeffersons playing in the background when he walks around Upper Manhattan. I mean, Jesus Christ. You know, it, it's now um, they're trying to keep these emails from being unsealed by the judge by saying that it'll cause Donald Trump Jr. reputational harm. Don't worry. It can't be done. Number three, however, I want to talk about quite a bit, and it's good news. Daniel Penny has been indicted in the fatal choking of Jordan Neely. We'll discuss this tonight, but a grand jury has indicted Marine veteran Daniel Penny in the fatal choking of Jordan Neely, an unarmed, homeless, mentally ill black man on a subway in New York City. The boy fascist Ben Shapiro is already defending this and actually saying that uh, Daniel Penny is the victim of a lynching. Yes, a white man who came up behind an unarmed black man who wasn't uh, attacking anyone, hadn't broken any laws, and choked him until he died. The guy who did the murder of the black man is being lynched. That's where it's at right now. These charges are expected to be unsealed when Mr. Penny appears in court at a later date. Also, number four, let's hear it for Bill Cosby. Again, he didn't want this story to come out. It's not fair to call him thirsty, but... Some guys have problems with impulse control and nine more women are accusing Cosby of sexual assault in a new lawsuit that alleges he used his enormous power, fame and prestige to victimize and abuse them. The complaint alleges the women were individually drugged and assaulted between 79 and 92 in Las Vegas, Reno and Lake Tahoe in homes, dressing rooms and hotels. But all right, let's get to the real winner. Let's talk about the thirstiest guy out there. And it's not Trump but it's Trump adjacent. You know, John Kelly, former White House chief of staff, General John Kelly, he told the Washington Post this week that Trump is scared shitless over his legal predicament. Ah, I know. I didn't know they cursed in the Marines. He said for the first time in Trump's life, it looks like he's being held accountable. Up until this point in his life, it's like, I'm not going to pay you. Take me to court. He's never been held accountable before. Well, that's true. And we're all enjoying it and we're all popping our popcorn. But let's talk about the unsung hero in Donald Trump's indictment, because we found out from some reporting in The New York Times and elsewhere that the former president and former star of Celebrity Apprentice stubbornly and relentlessly rejected Every piece of advice his legal team gave him last year to settle the classifieds document case. See, Donald Trump pays millions of dollars to his lawyers and his lawyers take his money and they do anything they can do to keep him from being indicted by a federal grand jury. Right. Makes a lot of sense. The problem is Donald Trump has no impulse control and doesn't like what his lawyers tell him to do to avoid indictment. This is an amazing story. Christopher Keis, one of Donald Trump's attorneys last fall, he had what I have to say is a pretty good idea. You know, Donald Trump had a good lawyer, and you know he was a good lawyer because Trump wouldn't listen to him. He realized, you know what, Merrick Garland probably doesn't really want deep down to go down in history as being the first attorney general to indict a former president. What, what, what attorney general wants that? Who wants to carry that burden? Hmm? Who wants to run the risk of that blowing up in your face and staining your name in the history books for all time? So 
he wanted, his plan was, very quietly and discreetly, approach the DOJ and see if they could negotiate some kind of deal with Merrick Garland. The Washington Post reported this. They cited seven different sources on it. So Mr. Keis told everybody on his team this would take the temperature down by promising a very professional approach. We're just going to return all the materials from Mar-a-Lago. Now, this would have made so much sense, so much sense that even William Barr talked about it. Uh, William Barr said, you know, Donald Trump could have just returned all the documents and if he believed they were his, he could have sued to get them back. Would have been smart. We're not talking about smart people. We're talking about a president who looks into eclipses. So apparently these seven different sources told the paper that Trump repeatedly rejected all of Christopher Keis's ideas, rejected any chance to avoid criminal charges. And as we know, he lied to his own lawyers. He told them the boxes at his retirement home down south only had newspaper clippings and clothes. And we know that's a lie. And we know he lied to Evan Corcoran because, again, he told Evan Corcoran where the documents were. And then he sent Walt Nauta to move the documents so his lawyer wouldn't find them. This is not an opinion. This is not a lie. This is true. This is the timeline. And they're so stupid. They did it on tape. There are surveillance cameras that record all of this. Evan Corcoran knows his client lied to him and hid the documents so he couldn't return them. That's why eventually Evan Corcoran sent Donald Trump a 50-page memo about how you are not legally allowed to keep these documents. And that memo is now in the hands of Special Prosecutor Jack Smith. Trump knew he couldn't have the boxes. And I'm telling you, these advisors, some people flew to Mar-a-Lago to beg him to return the materials. They all knew he had it. They all knew he had it. They all knew he had no right to have it. And Trump paid these guys millions and then ignored their counsel. You know who he listened to? You know who he listened to? It's the winner of Thirsty Thursday. Tom Fitton. You know Tom Fitton? You guys know Tom Fitton? Mm? You're spending time on, 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 on Twitter? He's the head of the conservative group Judicial Watch. He's the guy who wears those um, extra, extra, extra tight party boy club shirts. That 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 guy, he's the guy who, you know, no disrespect against his torso. I can tell homeboys worked at it. But Tom Fitton, this cosplay attorney uh, who is to the law what Clarence Darrow was to extra, extra small party boy shimmer shirts. Um, Tom Fitton, who is not a lawyer, we cannot stress that enough, told Trump, ignore your lawyers, keep the documents. Tom Fitton told Trump's lawyers he should keep the documents. It's fine. He has the right to declassify them with his brain. He can do that. Now, um, Christopher Keist didn't like this idea. Donald Trump loved it. Again, Evan Corcoran told him he couldn't keep the docs. All these lawyers said they couldn't. But the dude from Judicial Watch, Tom Fitton, he's not a lawyer, but he plays one in Trump's head. Now, 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 think about this, please. Think about you know, you, you talk about tragic girls who just can't stop picking the wrong guy. Look at Donald Trump. Does he keep picking the wrong lawyers or does he pick the right lawyers for his own level of awareness and morality? Rudy Giuliani, who's going to lose his law license. Uh, Eastman, that moron who pushed him to lie about special electors and got raided by the FBI. Aileen Cannon is his judge that he appointed who tried to impose the special master and then got smacked down by the 11th Circuit last year. And now we find out that she's going to be managing this case, overseeing it. And she's only spent a total of 14 days in a courtroom as a judge in her life. Yeah. I mean, Charlie Sheen spent more time in courtrooms than that. Sidney Powell, she got raided by the FBI. 
Jeffrey Clark, <laughs> the guy with no pants on. But no, it's Tom Fitton. Now, if you're not sure with who Tom Fitton is, go Google him. Go take a look. He, you know, he's a good talker. He does his shows on his little websites thing. But he's got quite a resume. He's the guy who once claimed that Barack Obama and his DOJ sent representatives to Florida after Trayvon Martin's death to help organize and manage rallies and protests against George Zimmerman. Yeah, he was one of the guys defending George Zimmerman. He said voter fraud is real, widespread, and substantial to the point that it can decide elections. He said this without any evidence. In August 2020, at a meeting of the Council for National Policy, Tom Fitton claimed that people on the American left were planning to delay the 2020 election until January 20th, 2021, because that would then allow House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to become president. He said this in public. He said the Democrats are going to stop the election so Pelosi could be president. This is the guy Donald Trump ignores his lawyers to listen to. Uh, at CPAC in 2021, shortly after Trump finally left the White House, he said President Trump had the votes to win the presidency. These vote totals were changed because of unprecedented and extraordinary counting after Election Day. That's not true. Fox News is on the hook $787 million for spreading lies like that. But again, he said the things Trump wanted to hear. And that's why Trump listened to him instead of the attorneys Trump was paying millions of dollars to. Remember when Michael Cohen pled guilty to those crimes that Robert Mueller found in December 2018? Tom Fitton, he said it was weak tea and uh, that Michael Cohen only went to jail to make President Trump look bad. This is the guy who said, no, no, it's the Bill Clinton sock drawer case. You, you go, go with that because Bill Clinton had documents. Except Bill Clinton didn't lie to the government about his documents. He didn't obstruct the government with his documents. He gave the shit back. If it was warranted, they lost this case in 2012, even though they lost it at Judicial Watch. They pushed it for Trump. OK, Trump's lawyer said, return the documents. Tom Fitton convinced Trump they were his to keep and cited this bogus 2012 case. And that is why we had the FBI bring a search warrant to Mar-a-Lago. I'm trying not to call it a raid. It's not a raid. It was a lawful execution of a search warrant. OK, a raid is what happened to Breonna Taylor. So, so Tom Fitton talked Donald Trump out of sending his lawyer to resolve things with the Department of Justice early on. Tom Fitton isn't even an attorney. Again, he is to the law. What what <laughs> he is to the law. What what? Give me a famous lawyer. Uh, I said Clarence Darrow already. Uh, um, 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 Matlock is to buying extra, extra small T-shirts. I have to go to Matlock. But here the point is, Donald Trump will always listen to the least informed, loudest person in the room. It's like a mirror. And a few months after all this happened, Special Prosecutor Smith was appointed, which led to Trump's federal indictment on 37 felony counts over his alleged mishandling and concealment of national security information. That's Tom Fitton. He made it happen. Again, don't listen to Evan Corcoran. Don't listen to Christopher Keis. Listen to the non-lawyer. He will lead you into this indictment. Thank you. Thank you, Tom Fitton, for advising Trump not to return the documents after the government asked for them back and his lawyers told him he had to return them. And this is only going to get uglier. And our friends who are defending Donald Trump get to have a really interesting couple of years defending him even more. But, but again, the Republican Party is now throwing all of their sacred cows under the bus. I mean, think about all of the values the Republican Party pretended to hold that they've now just given up on. Family values. Remember, we were growing up and that's all we ever heard from the right party of family values. And then they elect fucking Caligula, right? 
Christian values. I've said it many times. There is no Jesus based justification for Trump support. If any of you out there think you can find a single teaching of Christ that Donald Trump has fought for, I will apologize and say I'm wrong. Come on. Let me hear it. Uh, Respect the troops. We know that's not true. Respect the police. Give me a break. I mean, Donald Trump saw cops being beaten up on the Capitol steps and sat on his fat ass consuming more Big Macs, enjoying it. But now, but now, potentially the greatest sacred cow for Republicans, Israel. Haritz has now quoted Israeli intel and Mossad sources. And the Mossad has said that they think that Trump has damaged Israeli security. They're very, very concerned with Trump's document retention. And when Mossad thinks you've compromised top secret intel of the Israeli government, Broheim, you fucked up. They said he took the documents and they think it because back in 2017, remember, Israeli intelligence was furious over Donald Trump revealing sensitive information on May 10th of 2017 in the White House with Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov and the Russian ambassador to the U.S., Sergei Kislak. Trump revealed classified information gathered by Israel about specific terrorist plotting by ISIS. And that information reportedly revealed Islamic State advances in bomb making that could be used to mask an explosive device inside a laptop. He blabbed all about it. And some people in Israel still claim that a source was murdered because of it. The Israeli defense officials are terrified that he's harmed Israel's national security. Now, you need to understand right wing Christians pretend they care about Israel. You know this, right? Really quick. They're so focused on protecting Israel at all costs. Is it because they love the Jewish people? It is actually not. If you pay any attention to this Bible fan fiction that is called the rapture, that's a word that doesn't appear in the Bible, by the way. It was created by an English pastor in the 1800s, the rapture. Jesus is very specific about the end of the world. He says, you will not know the hour nor the day. So love everybody and be really kind. Republicans don't like that. Like Donald Trump, they don't want to listen to inconvenient advice that doesn't suit their id. So they support Israel blindly, but not because they care about the Jewish people. And we know they don't care about the Palestinian people, because if you believe rapture theology, which again has nothing to do with Jesus, left behind books have nothing to do with Jesus. You have to believe that eventually when the apocalypse comes, we will experience the period of tribulations. And when the Messiah returns to Israel, every Jew will either convert to Christianity or die horribly. That is what they believe in, not Israeli security, not in peace and freedom for the Jewish people. They believe in keeping Israel intact so God can destroy the Jews. That is their agenda. That is why so many people who don't care for Jewish folks really care about Israel. Okay, it's all about this bullshit with the end of the world that, again, has nothing to do with the teachings of Christ. So now you have pissed off Israel. Trump. And that's going to be really interesting, seeing if this turns into something, how Republicans can start to say that that doesn't matter either. But again, at the end of the day, Donald Trump put his faith in a cosplay lawyer and he decided to listen to that guy and Christina Bob instead of the lawyer. He paid three million. The lawyer who knew what he was doing. This is the Donald Trump way. He hires the best attorneys he can get. He pays them a shit ton of money. He gets their expert legal advice and he blows it off and goes with this conspiracy nut who is not a lawyer, and he gets charged with 37 felonies. And the only way it gets better is when Trump starts to blame his lawyers for it. At the end of the day, I guess Tom Fitton doesn't just win Thirsty Thursday. He's the biggest winner in this whole thing because he can't be sued for legal malpractice after giving Donald Trump terrible illegal advice since he's not even a damn lawyer. 
We want to know what you guys think. We are at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. We're going to be getting to everybody's calls on the show tonight. So if you are on hold, please stay there. I promise we will get you, and I will thank you very much for your patience. We have a lot to get to. There's a lot of good news in the world today, and I'm so glad to share it with you. We'll be right back with Professor Corey Bretschneider and your calls. This is Progress. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on, because you know I love it when you do. Hey, you know what? It is time now to bring back Professor Corey Bretschneider, the professor with a Ph.D. in politics from Princeton, a law degree from Stanford, and he fights crime in the lives of students in the poli-sci department at Brown University. You have read him in The New York Times. You have read his analysis in Time magazine. You should own his book, The Oath in the Office, a guide to the Constitution for future presidents at your favorite bookstore. Also, check out his Penguin Liberty series on uh, free speech, the book on impeachment, and the book on Ruth Bader Ginsburg's notable cases. It's time once again for Barely Legal. With Corey Brechneider, that's not the name of this segment. Hello, Professor. Hello, John. Good to talk to you. <laughs> Good to talk to you. It's another slow news week, I know. Um, yes. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin, Professor. I want to talk about the indictment, but really quick, I, I just, before we begin, yeah. like to ask if you had any thoughts on the unexpectedly good news today out of the Supreme Court, uh, it was featuring the works of human rights hero Neil Gorsuch on, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, on the ICWA. Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at the law at issue, and just for listeners, uh, the basics are that there's a law passed um, in the late 70s, 1978, I believe, trying to really protect uh, Indian American culture, Native American culture from the decimation that it had been uh, under since really the founding. And specifically, there was a study that was done really about children being taken out of Native American culture and being yep. assimilated into into um, mainstream American culture. And the thought was, you know, th this looks like discrimination against Native people. And so uh, this law, sensible law, has passed to try to say if there is a Native American family available for an adoptee, uh, that, that the adoptee should remain within the, with that, in the community. Now, there was a challenge to that. 
Um, and it's part of the broad assault, really, on um, government power and the federal government's ability to, to pursue human rights, equal uh, basic dignity for people. And uh, that failed. Uh, in fact, the opinion I, I read, read it today um, by Justice uh, uh Tony Barrett uh, mm-hmm. really says, you know, talks about the origin of the law, its legitimacy, but also about the power of the federal government to do basic things, and especially when it comes to the protection of Native American people. So it it, it was uh, a surprising decision, but I wouldn't get too optimistic. There's the court really put off a challenge that's going to say that the law is discriminatory, and they're going to consider that at a different time. So it is possible that this is just a first shot and that eventually the court will say, well, you know, yes, government had the the federal government had the power to pass it, but it discriminates against white people, which is their main right. concern these days. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, those white people have had it tough for a long time. Right, yeah, exactly. So I wouldn't get too, too excited. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, can we just take a second and talk about uh, my new favorite character, woke Neil Gorsuch? Because um, I, I got to say, this is one of the most right wing members of the court. And yet in today's adoption ruling, his opinion, he wrote concurring, he's joined by Justice Jackson and Justice Sotomayor. He's talking all about the history of how these tribes were torn apart, how these families were torn apart. He called the government's mm-hmm. attempt to maintain silence the shame of war on terror torture. He actually called out torture and he said that the court should overturn racist rulings that treat people in territories like Puerto Rico as second class citizens. I I really wasn't ready for this to come out. And I can't wait to hear Ben Shapiro call him woke. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, of course, the the other instances and we've talked about this at length, the Bostock opinion where he says the 1964 uh, Civil Rights Act protects transgender people. That was also something not expected, I think it's fair to say. But I always am skeptical of him. You know, he'll, with one breath, say um, transgender and gay people have rights and with another try to take it away. For instance, he seems to have the view that there are lots of rights under the 1964 Civil Rights Act, but not under the Constitution for gay people. So when you think of gay marriage as a constitutional right, that, that might be in jeopardy in his view. And of course, the big case that's coming up, which is the um, you know, the, the really attempt to undo affirmative action in this country, period. That's I really right. think he's going to be with the majority on that. So, yes, he has his moments, but, but I, I, w- I wouldn't be celebrating him yet. Well, let's talk about the indictment then, because I got to be honest, Corey, I, I thought I'd be sick of this by now, but it's so yeah. fascinating. No, honestly, like I'm burned out on Trump like any other sentient being, but this case is... <laughs> Every day it gets more fascinating. I began the show with a a monologue about how we know from the Washington Post article that his lawyers were trying to cut a deal. His lawyers were trying to take advantage of the fact that Merrick Garland probably didn't want to prosecute a former president. Mm. But Donald Trump ignored the advice of all of his counsel, lied to some of his counsel and relied exclusively, apparently, on the opinion of Judicial Watch's non-lawyer. Uh, cosplay dude tom fitton and that is why he has been indicted now um (laughs) it's just this story keeps getting more and more fascinating i want to know your thoughts what do you think of the counts and what facts do you find so damning i mean one is just following up on that the extent to which he he really um ignored the lawyers and they asked him for documents he hid the documents from the lawyers um, he thought he knew better than they did. Uh, it reminds me, too, uh, you know, of, of um, January 6th, where he kept talking to one bizarre lawyer who thought that uh, 
Mike Pence could really choose the president. And here he spoke to one uh, lawyer that told him that he had a right to these documents, and it led to all sorts of crazy behavior that's, that's documented. I think the other thing that really stands out in reading the indictment is the amazing story that undercuts any claim. His main defense was going to be that he wasn't aware, that he didn't that's know. That's right. And, and when you read the indictment, it's so crystal clear that he did, especially the scene where he's telling uh, a staffer and the journalist uh, about um, the fact that these documents shouldn't be shown to them because they're classified. <laughs> and that, That's uh, right. And even more damning that he had the power as president to declassify them, but didn't. And, um, you know, those facts just read to me like you you better start. Any normal person would be looking for a plea bargain deal uh, because they're so damning. They're so powerful uh, that that I I, I didn't see after reading it how he's going to survive this. Um, And, you know, relying on this bogus theory that somehow the Presidential Records Act, despite what it actually says, gives them the right to do what he wants with anything. (laughs) It's just flat out wrong. And, and I don't He's, see any of his yeah. current lawyers buying into that. It's a hack theory and uh, nobody actually representing him in court. I think is going to say that. Yeah, I mean, but he did. He has settled many times in the past. He he paid two million dollars yeah. when he was, you know, when he had defrauded people who donated to his charity. That's a fact. His kids had to take a course yeah. in how to not steal with your charity. He paid twenty six yeah. million dollars in education fraud fines for Trump University, where he was stealing from people, including vets. He he has settled in the past, but I, I don't yeah. see why he'd want to because he's just going to keep on fundraising off of this no matter what he's going to. And again, we should expect him to delay this as much as he can. And it seems like he's very confident he's got a ringer wearing judges robes in the room. Yeah, I, I think he's wrong about that. Um, you know, he I did too. appoint this judge that he might draw, but there's, you know, at some point something is so embarrassing. You don't, you don't want to risk, you know, first of all, there's a reversal by the um, by the, the higher courts, and she's not the final going to make the final decisions on matters of law. Um, but it's just the again, the evidence is so damning. I guess my view is he has settled in the past, and he's not at this point now. But eventually, the writing's going to be on the wall, and he's going to get lawyers who are going to have to defend him in court, and they're going to ha- have to tell him the truth, which is that this case is not winnable. And, you know, he's looking at decades in prison. I mean, for him at his age, it's a a life sentence. And at some point, I think that risk is just going to come home that he's likely going to lose this case if he goes to trial. Now, what is the deal on the other side? That's everything. Uh, But I could see that, uh, you know, a a kind of some prison term or some some confinement in Mar-a-Lago with a ankle brace, but most importantly, a requirement that he would draw from the presidential race and not hold public office. Yeah, how um, can they do that? Not- I'm sorry, Corey. How how could I've never heard of such a thing. How can you how how can how can law enforcement require a a, a private citizen as part of a deal to drop out of a, a a political campaign? Well, it's happened in Israel. That's one place that it's happened um, where the president of Israel did enjoy immunity for for prosecution and in return for resignation. Um, a lesser sentence was agreed to in the Katzoff case in Israel. Under the Espionage Act, even more specifically, a lot of the provisions, and it's unclear as of now that Trump is going to be charged with these specific charges, but many of the charges for that really cover exactly what he did have as a penalty disqualification from office. That's in the Espionage Act. So it seems to me to, to be sensible that a prosecutor could offer part of that penalty that's already in the Espionage Act 
as a consequence of the deal in addition to prison term. And, you know, withdrawal from from the race, from from holding government office was contemplated by the framers of the act he's being charged by. And so I I think it stands to reason that's exactly the kind of deal that, that they could make with him. I guess I just I just don't I, I don't see people saying, oh, we'd rather have Joe Biden face Ron DeSantis. You know, I still feel that <laughs> Donald Trump is this old man's best chance of getting reelected. And Ron DeSantis certainly that. knows it. And Ron DeSantis is telling that to any microphone that's stuck in front of his face. Yeah, I just think the risk is so high that this person could win again. And there is a risk yeah. that he could win again. And when you read these facts, the risk to national security of him ever getting a security briefing again are frightening. I mean, he, he you know, the, the damage isn't just that he showed a couple of papers to people who weren't authorized to see them, the entire integrity of all of those documents, all the research that went behind them, plus the intelligence gathering methods that were used to get them. All of that is now poss- possibly in the open. And so, you know, you're talking about years and years of work. You're talking about and then reading the indictment, just the specifics of what he had and was showing people. Yeah. It was a battle plan. That wasn't just any document. Uh, yeah. that, that he and by the way, and he wasn't sh- and it's not like he was showing it. I mean, we don't know if he showed it to the Saudis, who I imagine would have yeah. been very interested in seeing a battle plan against yeah. Iran. The same Saudis that paid his son in law two billion dollars, the same Saudis yeah. that, of course, had their murderous fucking evil blood drenched golf tournament at his shitty club in New Jersey. But right. uh, when we look at what his defenses could be, Corey, so far, uh, all I'm hearing is, um, you know, Biden and Hillary and Pence did it, which isn't true. Yeah. It's not about what was in the yeah. actual document. None of those people were president. And and again, none of those people lied to law enforcement and obstructed justice. And then he's saying, well, uh, it's not about the Espionage Act. It's the Presidential Records Act. And I had a right to do this. And none of his lawyers are making that argument. He's saying it in fundraising speeches. No, I think there are more serious chance that he has here to beat it. And that's why our other argument for for the Justice Department making a deal are to try to exclude some of this evidence. So, for instance, the most damning thing that I read in there was his admission that he knew that these were um, not, that these documents were not declassified, that he had the ability to do it while he was president. He no longer did. He says that in the conversation. Uh, Some of how he got, they got this information is through his lawyers. So there's a question there about privilege. Here's another nightmare scenario, though, and this isn't a legal defense, but it's a way that he could get out of it. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's a good chance that if he wins, the trial won't have taken place yet and certainly won't be over. And That's right. there's a wide, widespread view that sitting presidents can't be indicted. Now, can they be tried even if they've been indicted before they were president? I'm oh, not sure. Man. I think probably not. And I see the <laughs> Supreme Court saying, oh, well, we're going to have to put a hold on this. We can't try a sitting president. Now, what's the reason for that? Uh, the argument for why sitting presidents can't be indicted is largely pragmatic. It's about distraction, that a president would yeah. be distracted. But if a president would be distracted by an indictment, you better believe they would be distracted by a trial. So I, I think, you know, there, there's a world in which the Supreme Court might put a stop to this on the grounds that it's an unconstitutional violation of the president's powers to uh, require that he, he be in, on trial. And um, that's a very real scenario. It's not a legal argument of defense in a traditional sense, but if he wins, it's certainly a good chance that could win. That, that's another argument for why, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm beginning to, to come around to this idea of, of some sort of deal. I get it, but there's 
there is a, I mean, we know Trump's going to delay, right? They're going to throw everything they can to yeah. delay this as long yep. as they want, because the goal is to not have the trial wrapped up before right. Election Day of 2024. And and there yep. is a very realistic chance that that'll be the case. To yep. say nothing of the very realistic chance that Trump could always cut a deal with someone in exchange for a federal pardon, you know, someone else yep. in the Republican yep. field. That's right. In fact, you know, we were already hearing uh, some of the candidates saying that they, they, they would likely pardon him. Pence is one of the holdouts, which is really interesting. And he made the simple point that, uh, you know, let's wait and see the facts before he commits to a pardon and clearly doesn't want to do that. Um, but maybe that would be the deal that would be made at the convention that Trump would throw his support behind uh, some candidate. That certainly was the accusation that was made when Nixon resigned um, against Ford, that a deal was made. And people like Elizabeth Holtzman still contend that's what happened. Uh, so, you know, if it happened then, uh, it could have happened then. It certainly could have happened now. Wow. Um, Professor, here's what I'm wondering. Is there any way he can use the executive privilege argument? Because he's talking about that as well. And obviously this guy, Tom Fitton, who's not a lawyer, advised him on that. Yeah. But didn't he already try executive privilege? He did. And remember, it worked <laughs> in the lower court. That was one of the worrying things that this hack judge that he appointed uh, said that the Department of Justice was prohibited because of executive privilege from uh, grabbing the documents. Now, you know, he's no longer the president. So where the privilege comes from is not clear. But I could see a better lawyer in court trying to make an argument that went like this. The president is immune for, from all criminal and civil liability for official actions while he was president. And these records come out of a decision that he made while he was president to put them in, you know, his own custody. Uh, so they could try to argue it's an official action and that's how the immunity comes into it. I think that's a terrible argument, but I also think that the argument that a sitting president is immune from indictment is terrible. Where does that come from? It's not in the Constitution. It's basically made up and, uh, you know, comes from an uh, idea of how dignified the president uh, and the presidency is. And, um, you know, this this judge, uh, hack judge, I keep saying I could see her going for it, even if it didn't um, wasn't upheld. Eventually, think of the appeals that would be required uh, to overturn it. That's more and more delay. And again, now we're in the scenario where there's a chance that he could be either using this in a um, convention bargaining situation or even winning and uh, have the, have, have this uh this trial postponed for four years, remember, is what we'd be talking about. It just boggles my mind, Corey, that this man keeps getting in trouble for such stupid, preventable shit. You know, he, he's gotten away with so much <laughs> in his life, but like blackmailing Zelensky on a phone call with 25 other people. I mean, yeah. you know, January's like so many times, like he could have avoided this. It would have been so easy to avoid. Even William Barr was saying that, you know, he could have just turned the documents in and then just sued to get his personal stuff back. <laughs> but yeah, why did he, he do want it. them? I mean, that's the key. One theory is, you know, it's just a, a sort of. Um, you know, it's for collectibles or something, but it could have been mm, yeah. more nefarious and we still don't know. Uh, certainly I mean, we know he's willing to use it as leverage, um, you know, to show to journalists to disparage yeah. his political opponents. But if he's willing to do that, I mean, he really is using it for his own purposes. Maybe uh, right. the scenarios in which he was going to sell or barter it for personal advantage to even foreign powers. Uh, I think that's very plausible. There you go, especially if you owe $2 billion to uh, Deutsche Bank and Putin. Yeah. Professor Brett Schneider, okay. thank you so much for joining us. We're hitting a hard break, but thank you again. Everyone follow Corey at Brett Schneider C and buy a copy of The Oath and the Office. You will not regret it. We'll be right back after this break. 
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It is now time to welcome uh, the non-experts. I am so pleased to be doing this show in Los Angeles because we get to bring our favorite L.A. comics in, or at least comics in L.A. who'll still talk to us. And tonight, well, I'm really, really thrilled to see some friends I haven't seen in quite a while. Miss Jackie Cation is here. She has been doing stand-up over 35 years. She's been seen on every... Last seen on The Late Late Show with James Corden. Her new special, Staycation, was number one on Amazon, iTunes, and debuted at number three on Billboard's comedy chart. This woman has over 75 million listens on Spotify. She has not one but two podcasts, The Dork Forest, since 2006, where she talks about people and what they love to do, and then The Jackie and Lori Show featuring her co-goddess, Miss Lori Kilmartin. She will be opening for our friend Maria Bamford at the Helium Comedy and Portland, Oregon, on June 22nd through the 24th, and at the Neptune Theater in Seattle. I've played that space. It's great. You went to my website. On the Hi, 25th. John. Hi, Jackie. <laughs> Welcome. I have a new special coming out next uh, next month, but not really. It's a tiny special. It's 10 minutes of me staring into the ass of a Mazda 6 in reverse. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's uh, Essentially, I'm just doing stand-up into because I was so mad at Netflix. I was just like, I'm going to shoot my own special into this the butt of this car. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and then I hired somebody to put their foot on the brake so it wasn't a snuff film. Very nice. And we're going to call it Looking Back. Very good. Very good. Nice. Anyway, hello. I, I can't wait to see the next one. <laughs> it's, it's just so, car, it's it's so 10 good minutes to see of car you. jokes. Good it's, to see you, too. It's great to see you. Thank you for coming back, Jackie. Thanks for having me. Um, you, you were just sharing some information before we started. I want to just share with the rest of the room because uh, comedians have, a, I think, a, an evolutionary advantage over nice people, which is that um, I don't think we fear awkward or tense or bad things happening because if anything bad happens to us, <laughs> we can turn it into material. With that in mind, How's your living arrangement? Well, yeah, my mother-in-law moved in with us about uh, a year ago, and I'm working on a new genre of stand-up comedy called Positive Mother-in-Law Jokes, which I do not have any yet, but doesn't mean it's not her fault. She's a very nice woman. And, uh, but the, uh, yeah, it is, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's been a trip. And I also, what was it? I, this, I spent the last three weeks, I, you know how they, in Los Angeles, they talk about how Mercury's in retrograde. All the time. I'm sitting on Mercury. Really? I am actually in retrograde myself. Mm. Um, because uh, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, I turned around in a bathroom in uh, outside of Minneapolis, and my rental car keys fell into the toilet, and it was an auto flush. Oh, wow. And it was the most powerful plumbing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, they were gone. I was like, I don't even understand how these are. How are these gone? I was shocked. And uh, and then um, a week ago, I was outside of Milwaukee, and I because my career is on fire. And uh, so I put my laptop on top of the car and drove away. Oh, uh, nice. So the laptop's gone. And then four days ago, Delta, for the first time in 30 years, lost a piece of my luggage so bad, I've had to fill out paperwork. Wow. And by the way, it's not easy paperwork. They don't yeah. want to give you any money. I've had that happen. And it's very sad. But yeah. That's so. I, I hear that and I always think the thought process is, oh my God, this is horrible. And then a minute later, oh, I can use this. 
I mean, a comic tells me, oh, my cat just died. I'm like, you got any material out of it yet? I mean, you know, that's the only reason I had a colonoscopy and a kid was for the material. Ah, yes, except for doesn't your colon fall out if you don't get the oscopy? Uh, that's actually true. Okay. Yeah, but I, I should have read the, the pamphlet. The, the fine, uh, yes. Uh, also with us is our friend Raja Michael. It's very good to see you. Raja's had a fascinating oh. career. She's she's lived the life of being a mild-mannered social worker oh, that's so old. by day. It's an old one, but a hilarious setup at night. But that's a humanity. You've done so many different jobs. Jobs, in addition to being an overly dramatic Indian woman, uh, Raja is from New York City and New Jersey, and um, you can catch her all over L.A. now talking about politics, social justice and her love for posting selfies on Instagram. How are you? I'm good. It's so nice to see you again. It's, it's so, been so nice long. to see you as well. How have you? The last time I saw you, these studios were still in Beverly Hills yes. in the old building. And then we moved here and said, oh, I'm going to come have all my friends come. And then <laughs> yeah. there was a plague. And now uh, I see <laughs> yes. you three years later. Yeah. yeah. And um, I did a lot of things. In the pandemic, like you know, you get really depressed and you do crazy things during the pandemic. I got yeah. married. It, congratulations! Yeah. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. I think I was just like you know, I turned forty. I went through a midlife crisis and yeah, that's you know. pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so you had a got, child. Yeah, I mean, no. you didn't have a child. You just got married. <laughs> we got a dog, which is got, kind oh, of the that's same thing. The same thing, exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah, ba- it's actually better. Yeah, it's, my mother's always like, "When are you guys?" My mom has this thing where she feels like uh, me and, and my husband Lenny that we would have nice looking kids yeah. because she wants biracial grandchildren. She just has this thing that she wants this thing. Y'all are very good looking people. Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> but but, uh, so, but so I brought so I sent my, told my mom, "Oh, mom, look here's your grandchild," and I sent her a picture of the dog. And, um, <laughs> she was. It's a cute dog, though. She should be very proud. Pet, <laughs> pets are better than kids. They're they're yes. cheaper. They're quieter. Uh, you can still have sex with a pet, <laughs> and it's not creepy if they watch. It's better than kids in every way. Trust me. Um, what 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 was it that made you decide to get married? To get it? married, I think during the pandemic, um, both of us got COVID before the <laughs> before the vaccine came out, yeah. and uh, we were okay. We but then I think you, we started realizing like, hey, if something happens to one of us, we don't have any legal rights. You know what I mean? That's Right. Uh, do I trust my mother and do I trust my mother-in-law? I don't know. I don't want my mother making choices. Otherwise, you know, he didn't want his mother making choices. So it was kind of like, not that romantic, but, you know, practical. <laughs> <laughs> and then the first time we You're lucky our- your husband's sitting in the corner laughing at this shit, by the way. I'm, I'm, I'm here for you, Lenny. I'm watching out for I'm you. I'm practical. And also, then we filed our taxes. And I was like, I should have got married years right? ago. Yeah. You know, I was surviving on my own as a single woman all these years. I could have used a break then. You know, exactly. it was like, I was the injustice but also glad to be privileged. Oh, that's great. Congratulations, Raja and Lenny. I'm sorry it's all over. Um, Also (laughs) joining us, uh, it's so great. I don't know how we booked this guy, but returning to the show is Dustin Chafin, the comic from Texas with a little Choctaw, a little cowboy and blood and personality. This man performs all over the country. You've seen him on Showtime's White Boys in the Hood, playing himself on HBO's Crashing. Check out his album, Stop Telling People That, and the Zoom album 2020 on Amazon, now touring with Nate Bargatze and TJ Miller. Dustin Chafin, welcome back. Hey, all right, buddy. I feel like I just saw you. This I know. Amazing. Welcome. Yeah, it was nice having you last it night. Was great. So for yeah. years, you wear a cowboy hat yeah. in New York City, and then you, I, I think I've seen you in a Yankees hat, I think. No. No? Mets, Mets hat? Mets, Mets hat. That's Mets. my team, too. Uh, I notice now you're wearing a Dodgers hat. You, you know, really... I'm, I'm selling out. I yeah, guess. I was going to say. This is my radio look, you know? I just <laughs> see I got the merch from the special. I got the, you know, I got this at the airport. I got this at LAX. I'm not a real fan or anything. <laughs> oh, you're not? Okay. <laughs> well, at least you're fair weather. That's great. Yeah, you yeah. know. I mean, 
it's L.A. What am I going to do? I'm going to pretend to like a team for a second. I was saying last night how remarkable it is because we have a, a, a guy, Dustin, who's in a relationship with a woman comedian, and yeah. it's healthy and works. And then yeah. you guys, right, are, yeah. are in it. Um, and I, well, I, I want to say this, I resent though. you all for it, by yeah. the way. I resent you all. I, say, I think it's creepy when the dog watches. I'm not going to lie. We you think it's creepy our, when we, the dog we, watches? Yeah, we put him in a crate. He watches baseball, actually. And we just put him <laughs> It's too much. You know <laughs> That's mean? creepy. It's too much. Baseball, but they Watching like the ball. Baseball. They like the ball. They like the ball. They see the ball. Yeah. Nice. T- pets are better. Yeah. I'm sorry. Pets are so much better. I can prove it with an abacus. I mean, like it's it's cheaper. You want to take it? You want to take a, a, a baby like like to yeah. the beach? What do you need? What do you need? You need like a, a diaper bag. You need a pads. You need ointment. <laughs> you need bugs. more diapers. Re- yeah, okay, you you, you got to have the toy. A nanny. The toy for when they don't want that. You need a nanny. You need yeah. food. You need food for when they reject the food you bring. You want to bring a dog to the beach? You need a plastic bag and a leash. Yes. That's all you need for a baby. Oh, you I'm telling you, you can get <laughs> just fine with a baby with just that. So here appear for dogs. Yay. It's good to have you all with us. Thank you. Thank you. And congratulations on getting married. Thank you. Uh, let's also congratulations on Donald Trump for becoming the first person to be uh, indicted for a second time. Uh, 71. 71 wow. indictments Is in the history the... of presidents, and they all belong to one guy. Oh I have God. one question. Yes. Is he the first president to have to have been arrested? Yes. Okay. Are they going to yeah. try him as an adult? Yes. <laughs> Curious. But they're not going to try him as a black man, so he'll be okay. I think oh, they wow. should charge so him as a black adult, and then we'll see how well he does. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 amazing. We had a guy call up, the, the racist from last night, yeah. attacking me for my lies uh, about Trump, and so I shared facts, and they were called lies, and we have people that are beyond reason. And you kind of thought, seeing a bunch of cops getting the shit kicked out of them on the Capitol steps might wake some people up that this movement's not what I want to be attached to. Right, but, they're, they're, yeah. they're big blue line, you know, crazies so but then when the then then when it it affects their white supremacist demagogue yeah they're all they're like no it doesn't count it doesn't count you're like yeah what just happened yeah i really thought words like treason and espionage i really thought that was going to make them you know maybe see it a little bit but you know they said family values for years and yeah. then they gave us Caligula. They, they, they said Christian values yeah. for years. And they gave us this guy. And, and, you know, it's like support the troops. Well, I can spend all day telling you all the way Donald Trump insulted the troops. Yeah, I have a yeah. question. What, so I'm a huge fan, uh, middle-aged white lady here, huge <laughs> fan of Hamilton. Anyone? Yes, me Come on. I love Hamilton, yes. <laughs> I do. I'm a nervous Caucasian. A, I love it. <laughs> it's, I just, I, but because I've always, and I, and you know, a history nerd, a poli and all this stuff. Yeah, my dad was but, a history teacher. I, it's my kid's favorite musical. Right, I love but it. so I like the Constitution and I want to encourage people to like, like the Declaration of Independence and like the Constitution and like the American ideal and the and the idea that what that we've tried to do here yes. and failed. And, you know, I mean, there's gaping <laughs> holes in in the the attempt. Right. It's sort of always been gaping holes. Wouldn't you agree? The whole time. Slave owners wanting freedom. It's always the been a little compromise. Time. Yes. Right. But I mean, I'm trying to be a better person all the time, too. But right? you're a comedian. You're not but, supposed to do that. No, I look in the mirror and I see gaping holes in me trying to be a good person. It doesn't mean I stop trying. Exactly. So I just want to encourage everyone to don't give up on the ideals of the Declaration and the Constitution. Yes, but. 
but it's easier for you because you weren't raised in complete privilege getting everything you want. You had parents who knew how to say the word no. It's harder for Donald Trump. He's a millionaire at birth with a golden toilet with no impulse control. Have some compassion. Interesting. But what about the real victim? (laughs) Listen, I was raising a toddler while my country was electing one. I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But what what about the banana heads who like him who had nothing as children? I mean, those those guys, they they claim to be the owners of this American dream. Yeah. Yeah, They're living vicariously through him. That's it. Like they want to imagine they're like him and he lets them feel like I'm part of this like rebellion where I could do whatever I want. It's aspirational. Yeah. But yeah. They, yeah, but they were raised so differently and they don't see it at all. But you it's know what so I think weird. that is? You know what I think that is? We're always told to be good, right? And I mean, I'm the child of an ex-nun and we're always told to be good. And every president, even Bush, who I'll say is the worst president than Trump, and they all appeal to the better angels of our nature. We can be so good. We're, we're capable of such greatness. American people are good. Trump's the first person to ever come around and say, you know what, folks? I'm a big, fat, fucking racist, rich asshole, and it's fine, and you can be an asshole, too. And that is the most seductive thing I've ever seen a politician tell American people. You don't have to be better. Be as shitty as you want. And now let's make a lot of Asian jokes about a plague. Right. It was, um, or it, yeah. Let's grab women by the pussy. Let's steal yeah. from people with a fraudulent online university. I, I could go on. Uh, oh. He gives you permission to be shitty because yeah, he is a yeah. fucking bastard and he walks between the raindrops and gets away with it like yeah. Bonnie and Clyde. There you go. Yeah, who <laughs> didn't right. actually get away with it in the right. end. Right. Yeah, it fell apart. For a yeah. while. For a while. We all got away with it for a while. Are you guys following uh, the current indictment? I know there's a lot to keep track of here. There's just so much. <laughs> yeah. At this point, it's like there's more. There was 37, 31? More. Uh, it's in the 70s now for fe- yeah, I mean, between 70s. between so, the state counts and the federal counts. It's in- so, so th- here's the thing. So they arrest him so that he can claim innocence and, 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 and say and that fundraise. not guilty, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, But they never handcuff him or they le- let him go on his own recognizance, right? Yes. Yeah. So he's not. He did not have to turn in his passport. He hasn't had a single consequence. Well, oh, still nothing. He, well, no, I mean, he twenty six million for education fraud, mm. uh, two million for charity fraud, uh, one point six million for uh, what's he, that? Does, has he given this money? To, oh yeah, he's given uh, the money. He got one one point six million dollars for fraud this year for the state of New York. A, a jury just found the guy to be liable for sexual abuse in the Eugene Carroll case. Like we, oh, he's he's being found liable for things. He's he's is this an Al Capone kind of thing? Is this how we're gonna get him? This, the, all this lateral stuff instead I mean, of regular treason? Yeah. I, listen, I, yeah, I've said I mean, it. I'll take happen. it. I, mean, yeah, I don't think it's, it's going to happen. I think his arteries are going to get him before anybody yeah. else does. But it. I don't really <laughs> think it's going to be like a type of consequence that's going to make a big difference to him. You're right. You know, like, yeah. I think he'll, he survives those millions of dollars. It's not a big deal for him, you know? I've been telling all along, like, if you liberals are expecting this guy to ever spend a day in jail and you Mm-mm. can see if orange goes with orange, it's not going to happen. <laughs> He's already in jail. He's going to be funneling money to defense attorneys mm-hmm. for the rest of his miserable life watching his grandchildren legally change their last name. Yes. That's the rest of his life. That's uh, his prison. Somebody told me Ivanka want, uh, is filed for divorce. Am I wrong? Too soon. Too soon. A divorce from her dad? I can't imagine that. Not Ivanka. Melania. Oh, Melania. Melania. <laughs> With millennial. What, again. Gary like they all look What's like, happening? Gary Shandling, I think. I didn't see succession. <laughs> I'm just going to admit it before I become judge. Um, no, I, I, as far as I know, she has not sought. Uh, divorce. They don't live together. There's all the. I saw the Trumpers say, "Here's footage of Melania and Barron leaving New York to travel to visit Trump on his birthday." I'm like, "Oh, what a wonderful way of saying that his family won't live with him anymore." It's fantastic. <laughs> no, they. She renegotiated her prenup after he was elected. Okay. We know this for a fact. Okay. Yeah. 
And I guess it, she agreed to more money and more humiliation, and she got both. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I'm still mad about the Rose Garden. I know. And it's weird to be mad about something quite so minor in the world. Because <laughs> it turns out roses, you can replant. It'll be okay. It'll, all the people who died, still dead. Yeah, not, yeah. Still dead. Still dead. Um, I want to also just mention uh, some interesting news today in New York. And I guess around the country, we've been seized with this story of um, former U.S. Marine Daniel Penny, mm-hmm. who uh, was on a subway. Uh, he's from Long Island, where I come from, not to brag, but on the Isle of Long. Uh, there was a mentally ill homeless man named Jordan Neely who was having a fit on the train, uh, not assaulting anyone, not getting anyone's space, breaking zero laws, just having a fit, saying how hungry he was and how tired he was and he wasn't afraid of jail, getting very upset and agitated. Rather than trying to calm him down, uh, Daniel Penny went up behind him and put him in a chokehold and held him there for 15 minutes until he was dead. This was not self-defense, and to, he's been indicted now by a grand jury. Yeah, that's murder. It's yeah. murder. Okay. It's manslaughter at the least. And what's been stunning to me is right wing has not enjoyed defending a guy who murdered an unarmed black man this much since, what do you got, George Zimmerman, uh, Detective Chauvin, um, Derek Chauvin. Uh, ben Shapiro called it a lynching today. Yeah. Not a lynching of the dead black man, but the white man who murdered the black man has been lynched by being held accountable for his crimes because if you can't kill an unarmed homeless black man, what, what what's left of liberty? We're just, we're a pile of Neville Chamberlains over right? here. Right, exactly. We're not doing it. We're just waiting for them, for some consequences and these people to be uh-huh. called upon the, I mean, the only thing, I think the Germans, I've said it before, the Germans are going to be the heroes of World War III. <laughs> and uh, I can't wait till they shut us down, quite honestly. Yeah, I'm you know, with so, you. Uh, it's so interesting, too, because I grew up in New York, and since like I was 12, I was taking the train to school, the bus to school. Right. And we have an etiquette in New York. It's And that's the thing. People keep saying he's such a hero. He stepped in. No, someone having an episode with mental illness, like that's a normal thing. It's it's not an extraordinary experience. If you ride experience. the subways, you've yeah. seen an unfortunate I've soul flipping since, out hundreds of times. Small like at a, as a 12 year old I knew I had the social skills intelligence uh, to know how to handle that situation is, which training. is you mind your own business yeah. right yeah. you always mind your own that's but new. they call him so, a good yeah. Samaritan now the good Samaritan oh would have walked God. up and said are you okay man are you okay yeah. you need some water some food you need some money what can I that's a good Samaritan yeah. they call this guy a good Samaritan because he killed the man and kept the rest of the train safe. That's how in love they are with murdering unarmed black men. If that made, if a person having a mental health episode made you unsafe, you could never get in a train. It's every train, every <laughs> exactly. train ride you go. You I couldn't mean, live in New I York. Was, since I was, I, I feel like I was a five-year-old on the train with my mother and I would see, you know, and we, my mother taught us to respect my everybody child, and not to bother anybody. My child's growing up around you know? it every day. My kid sees it every day. Yeah, like, little kids could handle it and these yeah. grown adults are acting like it's the scariest thing or this extraordinary thing. It's like you're, like the, the level of fragility yeah. where you yeah. can't even cope yeah. with somebody having a bad day. You know, oh, white fragility. Residence. White fragility is driving a lot of policies <laughs> and behaviors, isn't it? Um, listen, I want to open up to our listeners. We, You guys, if you've been waiting on hold, and I know you have, we're very grateful to you. We're going to take your calls as well. Let's start with Bill from New Jersey. Bill, welcome. You're on Sirius Hi, XM with Bob Jackie Cashian and Raja Michael and Dustin Chafin. What's up? Oh, is this Bob Grant? Yes, no? this is Bob Grant. I'm, I'm uh-huh. here to be racist. Hogan's Heroes? <laughs> no, that's Bob no. Grant. Thanks. <laughs> no, the guy who called... <laughs> I only know that because we went to the same swingers club. Bob Grant was a racist on AM radio when I was a kid. Why do you ask, Bill? Right, he called, he called Mayor Dinkins the washroom attendant. Yes, he did. Um, and, anyway, and, and got a raise uh, after that. You got it. Um, you were speaking with uh, that um, adamant fellow over there, the... And it occurred to me immediately, as soon as he said he was a veteran, 
that he was a changed person. The and I'll bet going him. into before the war, he was a, a little more um, together than that because I don't think that he would pass a psychological exam if he lies all the time and he yeah. believes in lies all the time. So yeah. war affects everybody. And my suggestion is next time he calls in, don't talk about politics. Ask him about the war. Ask him about being. Did a you notice I began? Did you notice I began the call asking him about his military experience in Iraq yeah, and how he feels said, about that war now? Now that he's pledged yeah. blind allegiance to Donald Trump, who finally convinced Republicans to blame Bush for the shit Bush did, um, but he didn't want to talk about that. He wanted to call me a liar about Trump's. Indictment. Yeah, well, that's why you got to talk about something else and then lure him into uh, sanity. <laughs> so next time um, I'll use war to relax him. How's that? And, and, I mean, you what? don't even know what he is. He could be a Shakespearean actor for all you know. And yeah, I'm, uh, pretty sure, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to rule on that. Yeah, I don't think so. He, but yeah, he's in the union. He doesn't get many jobs. But uh, mm. anyway, uh, <laughs> as far as that guy's, that guy's concerned, the real deal. I've heard. Well, it. he's on strike now with the rest of us, sir. I'll have you know. <laughs> About Trump? okay, what? Okay, um, we we got to go. He is a convicted criminal. Yes. He yes. doesn't get Secret Service. And technically, when you go into a house of corrections, you're supposed to be safe, even though it isn't. And mm. I'll bet he'll have the entire white supremacist group there, whatever, uh, class yes. or the January 6th choir. Oh, the Aryans are going to keep him safe from the Latin Kings. I've seen Oz. I know how Trump's going to be treated. Yes. <laughs> Didn't but see the best Odyssey. thing, I think, would be if he were to get 50,000 hours of community service Cleaning up streets in every poor neighborhood in the country. Oh, I just came. I thank you. I like that. That's, that that one I like. Community. You had me a community service bill. Thank oh, you very, I've, very much, John. John, I've seen this movie. Oh, hey, everyone! It's our producer, Chris Houseman. What's up? Uh, he's going to have to coach a little league baseball team in the ghetto. Oh, That's what's gonna yes, happen, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I know this movie. You're right. Yeah. He's going to have to. But he would embrace that. You can't turn him into Gene Hackman. You yeah. cannot They're going to know he's going to get sent to the inner city. He'll be wearing a do-rag by the third act. You know yeah. how the story ends. Why do you guys want to punish poor people like this? <laughs> <laughs> this is not good. It's not helpful. <laughs> Speaking of prison, though, um, can we can we, can we we talk about Bill Cosby for a moment? Oh, no. Um, I, look, look, he's the greatest stand-up I've ever seen live. I've seen Richard Pryor. I've seen Mort Saul. I've seen Carlin a He's dozen times. He's the best. I've I've you never. You saw Richard Pryor, and you think that Bill Cosby is better than I have never Richard Pryor. I have never. I, I prefer Richard Pryor, but I've never seen a comic do what I've seen Bill Cosby do. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. I saw Bill Cosby twice accidentally. Accidentally. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, for my birthday, uh, probably two years before the big reveal. Uh, what did I you think you were seeing Norm Crosby and bought the wrong ticket? I didn't buy the ticket. Okay. My husband brought me to see it for my birthday. I was oh. like, we're going to see stand-up comedy for my birthday? <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding what me? What decade was this? Because it... This was the 2000s. Okay, this that's was early 2000s. not totally tragic, I guess. How was the show? Uh, the show was, uh, I spent the whole time just watching what 50 years of stand-up comedy can allow you to do. Un- unreal, what he this guy can do. He brought a, a kid up on stage, a fat kid, and made fun of him for 15 minutes. And I thought his mom was going to punch him in the face and then he gave the kid uh, a t-shirt and he got almost a standing ovation i was like you dug a hole ate dirt for Unreal. like 10 minutes and then crawled out of the hole to a that's just, what i mean i was i'm not saying he's not good at it any number of people are good at stand-up comedy that are monsters i wouldn't invite sure. to the house sure you know but um 
The last time I saw him was in a show in New York City at, at a college space. What year? Uh, late 90s. Late 90s? Or mid 90s. Um, and then he, he just, he comes on stage as a chair and a rug and he sits in the chair. Mm-hmm. He doesn't stand up for a whole hour. And oh, I'm telling you, I thought the balcony was going to collapse. The laughter was so loud. I still don't know how he did it. He was like a shaman. And I only say how great he was to say that um, he can still be a fucking monster. Yeah. And and in that sense, I find the shadow side of people very fascinating. Not to go full young on this, but... No- Shocking no one who's ever listened to this show. Exactly. <laughs> you, you're like you're accepting calls from a guy who keeps changing his name and state every night. Wars <laughs> that he was in. So nine more women are now accusing him of sexual assault uh, and claims that he uses enormous power, fame, and prestige uh, between 79 and 92. And because of Me Too, many states have changed these laws for the same reason that E. Jean Carroll was able to sue Donald Trump for something that happened decades ago and now the gloves are off and in terms of sexual assault survivors you can go back in time and do it Cosby went to jail for this and then they found out that because they had made him confess to drugging people with quaaludes in a previous uh, court hearing and that was the transcript they used that it was unfair and that's how he got out of jail so it seems like I I think he's going to go back at age 85 my question is is he going to go blind again because he's been seeing really he was blind before he went to prison then his eyesight was restored when he got out so I'm worried about what's going to happen to him now my favorite th- one of the women that they that uh, he attacked, they interviewed her, and she said the greatest thing. She said, "You know, if he would have asked, I would have had sex with him." <laughs> yeah, but men like that—that's not what they that's want. A, that's well, not what they it, want. That's, power. It's, it's Rape not, is about power. Yeah, yeah, it's not about sex. It's about uh, fucking a hole you, that doesn't want to be fucked. You get to a place yeah. where where there's no challenge anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just they they throw himself at Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. But what if I can drug them and then get away with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then there's an element of risk. Then there's a thrill. Then it's a challenge for him. And in that sense, yeah, Raja, it's all about power. It's never about lust. But it's I, about lust. He'd he have groupies all day. But I yeah. think you can pay for that. I think there's a place where weirdos can pay <laughs> three grand to have a woman passed out or whatever. Like, but not, yeah, not but Bill Cosby. That's not yeah. the power. But she's still yeah. consenting yeah. to it, right? So that's yeah. not, they don't want exactly. consent. They don't. They want to overpower your consent. That's no. it. That's mm-hmm. it. So I don't. I mean, you know. I, he's gonna. He's going away. No one's gonna care. No one's gonna defend him. But he did get a set right before he went into prison. He did a. He did a stand-up set in between. Yeah. At, at, like he went and saw jazz. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And You're supposed uh, to say stand-up. Uh, stand-up uh, fans don't have any standards. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're just like, is there a hat shop where I can get five minutes? I know. He yeah. was supposed to tour again as well, but then right. COVID happened, and I just think it's a. He's a monster. Unless he wants me to open, in which case I could be available. <laughs> um, all right. We got to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk more. I want to meet your husband as well. Uh, we are at 866-997-4748. We will get to your calls. This is Progress. And welcome back, Bruce in California. Welcome. You're on Sirius XM with Jackie and Raja and Dustin and uh, and Raja's husband, Lenny, who has joined the party. What's up, Bruce? Hey, hey how's it going? I just... How are you? <laughs> Couple thing I just want to respond to that moron, uh, John. Yes, the racist bring the calls. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> First of all, I don't know if he's read the uh, Senate uh, Senate uh, report from <laughs> <No>. 2020. <laughs> I'm sure you, you, I, mean, you, I mean, I think we know the answer. <laughs> yeah, I know we know the answer, but um, it basically, I mean, it, it says what you said about Paul Manafort and other yeah. other things. Yeah, the Trump. Yes, exactly. But there, there are two. I, I, I caught these two 
memes on the internet today, which I think sum up the Republican Party. Um, What is the definition of stupid is knowing the truth, seeing evidence of the truth, but still believing the lie. I mean, that should be the uh, that's the cornerstone of the Republican Party. Okay. And the other the other meme is basically is uh, it says not knowing the truth doesn't make you ignorant. Not wanting to know the truth is what makes you ignorant. I mean, that is, uh, like I said, those two are, are the Republican Party. But uh, well, they, can get a better tr- guess- they can get a better truth on Hannity. Hannity offers better yeah. truth. Go ahead. And your guest was talking about the musical Hamilton. Uh, yes. I don't, I'm sure we've all have read uh, George Washington's farewell uh, yes. letter. Yes, of course. Yeah, we were just talking well, about I mean, he. I mean, yeah, exactly. He, he warned us. I mean, of, yes. of what we what's going on right now. I know yes. what you're talking about, man. I totally read that. I'm a nerd. <laughs> yeah, Eisenhower warned us too. Oh, exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah. Eisenhower sure did. It's, right it's on, just man. amazing that I'm I'm 68 years old and I've been politically engaged since 1960 when I was in first grade. Nixon Kennedy. Damn. And I nice. I mean, I just don't. I can't fathom what's happened to this. I, I will not say. You know, you say the great Republican Party. They weren't a great party after Eisenhower, as far as I'm concerned. But that's- They were barely a great party after Teddy Roosevelt. I'm with you on it. But yeah. again, you know, you have to remember that as shitty as we've gotten, we've also gotten better. If you had told me in the 90s that we'd have same-sex marriage and that and that we would have um, uh, this 80-year-old president decriminalizing weed on the federal level, if you had told me this 25 years ago, I wouldn't have believed it. We're getting better in so many, economically, for the working class, not so much. But we are getting better in so many ways, and we take it for granted. Because the douchebags get the clicks. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Bruce, for the call. 866-997-4748. Raja, it is a pleasure to welcome uh, Lenny Shelton, your husband, to uh, our little coffee clutch. Hey, hey. Hi, Lenny. Hey, what's up? Long Island's representing. Where are you from in Long Island? I was born on Long Island. Where in the yeah. island? Uh, East Meadow. Okay. I'm, yeah. I was born I, I was born in uh, uh, Bohemia, which oh. is uh, the most ironically named town in America <laughs> as well. And, and how did you meet Raja? Uh, doing stand-up. Yeah. And we did a comedy festival. Yeah. Really? That always works out well. <laughs> yeah. 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 Jackie, these comedians who marry comedians. I don't, I, it's it's respectable. They're unicorns. Yeah. They're all yeah. of them. That's Dustin, crazy. too. Well, you know, I used to produce a show um, at the Nerdist School, and Lenny would show up to the show. And comics don't go to other people's shows. So I was like, oh, he likes me. Nice. <laughs> I kind of like, that's how I started. That's how I started. Like, he he uh, supported my show. That's romance yeah. for comics. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that is. Did her, I say I love you. Better than flowers. How did her family take to you? Oh, they love me. Yeah? Yeah. 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 My mother likes yeah. him better than she likes me, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, that's my... N-. But she, she said, because, you know, I, me and my sisters, we have two sisters, we're all very talkative, Lenny's very polite, and she was like, that's the polite child I never had. <laughs> oh, oh, so at least she could be passive-aggressive with him. Uh, do you, do you want to have kids? No. Right. No. Do you want to have kids? Nope. Oh, man, that was yeah. easy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's you how you got you the dog. <laughs> Last night, we were talking about how Chelsea Handler came down on De Niro and Pacino for yes. having children. Yeah. De Niro's 79, and he's having, having a baby, Ooh. and Pacino's 83. He's Pac- having a baby. Pacino's girlfriend, who's 29, Ooh. he's 83. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. oh, that's almost the same. Um, she gave birth today. Al Pacino has become wow. a brand new dad at age 83. Beverly oh. D'Angelo was on yeah. the Dork Forest. And she talked about their twins. Their twins. Yeah, yeah, they have twins that probably are like nineteen or twenty now. But yeah, they wow. were born. They were no, I think they're in the nineties. They were born. I think he had one child in eighty nine, and a, co- yeah. and a couple of twins with Beverly D'Angelo later. I think. Wow. How did she 
they're still she friends, dork- as far as I understand. Uh, they're acquainted. Uh, oh, they're, they're acquaintances. It's fine. It's all working out. Oh, I'm glad. Beverly D'Angelo was a very... They're 20, 22? 22 years old, the twins. Oh, there you go. Yeah. See, I knew it was... It was you were right. Yeah. Um, but they... Yeah, her dorkdom was literally, I think, Italy. Like different yeah. cities in her favorite cities of Italy. And I was like, oh, well, this is relatable. What else? Uh, please talk Beverly D'Angelo. Yeah, she's a wild about. woman. She, yeah. was in, she was in the movie Hair. She played, That's right. Yeah. yeah, she was great. She dated Sam Kinison, too. Like That's, they had yes. a romance. She's I, such I an underrated Sam actor. Kinison. Yeah. That's, that was the nice. first comedy show I ever saw. Was you heckled Kinison? Kinison? Yeah, yeah. Guess how that went. How'd it go? <laughs> Uh, well, I, he tried to mop up the floor with me, but he was so coked out and I was so drunk. Uh, neither one of us won, but yeah. management did come to me and tell me that open mic was on Sunday. Is that a true story? Is That's that really how you story. started That's your beautiful. first open mic? Yeah. Oh, you give hope to all hecklers. Yeah. Well, and, uh, and yeah, it's an indictment against me whenever anyone heckles. Me. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. What would, ha- what can you imagine? I often, if Kennison had lived, yeah, he'd, he'd, he'd have been canceled before anyone else. Oh, yeah. All those. I mean, Dice is trying to still do it. I don't think. Well, I don't think it would have held up. I don't Madison's think it would have held Square Garden. Didn't Dice do Madison yeah. Square Recently? Garden? No. Well, no. I'm talking about now. Now. now? We're, we're not talking about then. That was a whole nother thing. You well, could Dice must feel like everyone's ripping off his act. I mean, <laughs> you know, like like I was yeah. racist and offensive 30 years ago. Oh, sure. And, and now nobody, it's popular. Nobody cared. And but the thing is, I didn't to get to be president. They cared. <laughs> they cared. He got controversy all the time. The only time that what, what brought him down was crying on Arsenio Hall. Before that, he was God. Right, because but so Norton told me that that was a uh, a character. Really, it didn't work out. Well, and the thing is, did he do that around the time of the day the laughter died? I thought it was like a tie-in to that album, which is the the weirdest, one of the most daring comedy. He was like, "I love women," and he starts crying, and like it was, it was a real tears, man. No, no, like no, him being a jackass was was oh oh, jackass. Well, maybe, yeah. Well, that that makes more sense. I mean, I gotta say, but his fans didn't didn't think so. That was the real problem. Yeah, they they, were just like, "Oh, good, an excuse to be a douche." Yeah, and like like Woody Allen put Andrew Dice Clay in a movie acting opposite Kate Blanchett and Kate Blanchett won like, an Oscar and Dice holds his own with yeah, her sure. in a dramatic role in every scene. Yeah. He's so unexpectedly good in Blue Jasmine. That Woody makes like, everybody good though. Well, true. He, he was a dramatic actor <laughs> first. He was, he yeah. Stand up. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he, he should get back to it. And do he some made his better. daughter look good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Who did? Woody. His daughter looked good how? Which daughter? Oh, the one that he's married to. Okay, right. Yeah. Mia Farrow's daughter. <laughs> yeah. I got he, he Not his daughter. Right. But uh, my brother said to me, you know, they've been married like over 30 years. And I over said, I know. 30 years. And he knew her for 50. Who looks at a baby and says, I want to fuck that? That's the thing. I can't I wait know. till that baby's 15. Well, his, his kids is, I mean, and now. I think she was 19. Anyway. No, but like, you know, I, I, I say, I can say, okay, him and Soon Yi. All right. It, let's last 30 years. That's like five marriages in Hollywood. But then I put on, then yeah. I put on Hannah and her sisters and. There's Sun Yi at age 13 in the Thanksgiving yeah. scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. kind of gross. I never uh. have ever looked at a 16-year-old strapping young man and thought, I bet I could trick him into touching my bits. Well, because and, you're uh, more emotionally stable than people born with a Y Well, and he yeah. wouldn't You've even, seen... like for 10, no, no, there's plenty of women who take advantage of young men. <laughs> and then they don't even know for another 10 years. Like whenever whenever anybody's 25 and and something horrible and creepy happened when they were 15, the, at 25, everyone looks, looks around and goes, that wasn't 
cool. I don't think I that was cool. Yeah. And it happens to young men too. Yeah, sure. Justin yes, Bieber's getting, there's all these videos of like people just inappropriately talking to him and stuff, like women interviewing him. When he was being sexual and stuff. Yeah, he's like 14 yeah. and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. yeah. It's not, it's still not okay. <laughs> yeah. It turns out. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Keep it together, adults. Yes. <laughs> Leave children alone. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, a, I don't mean to take a, a stand. There's that's my a controversy. pretty controversial opinion, I got to say. <laughs> I think it's time to play the unpopular opinions game. This is where we ask people to give an opinion that will get your friends to kick you out of the party. Uh, this is in memory of our producer, uh, Tatiana, who didn't like Prince, and that's why we started this game. Uh, Raja Michael, I'm wondering, what is what is your unpopular opinion that you share and it uh, drives people away? Okay, so recently, these past years, you know, like, I'm going to say something that might offend people because it's so sacred to people, but like all these true crime podcasts where it's men killing women and I hear a lot of people say, oh, I need to listen to that before I go to bed. Because I used to watch, I used to watch Snap and Oxygen. That was women killing men. That's the ah. kind of true crime I want to watch. <laughs> nice. Right? Okay. I remember when I was a kid, we used to have a show coming on TV. There we go. Remember we used to have a movie that came on TV, The Burning Bed, but That's this right, woman who doused her husband with gasoline yeah. and we were sitting there like, yes, just light that match, light that match. You know, we were waiting for that moment. Now you have Night. Take back the night. Yeah. These young girls are watching, listening to. Dustin, I don't know if this is controversial. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I kind of feel like we all, we all, we all like to see stories of abused women destroying their tormentors, yeah, and we I all like it. to see tormentors no, going to jail. Horror but right now, like genre. these, um, these true crime podcasts that young girls are listening to is all about men killing women, and I'm mm. so I am not a fan. It scares me. I can't. Go. So that's my that's one thing. Cause it's sacred. The other thing is I shared with you before. I don't like the Lord of the uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I just don't like those movies. You mean the books or the films? The, oh, I, I'm not going to read those books. Uh. You know how long they are. <laughs> Do you now know how I'm long they are? Now I'm offended. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I married her anyway. <laughs> Lenny loves yeah. the Lord of the Rings. Really? But I would rather drive off a bridge yeah. and watch those long, yeah. long not ass the, movies. Not the movies. Not, not the, the movies? movies? Oh. Only the books. The movies what about, what about the four hour director's cut of the movies? <laughs> I bought yeah. them. I like yeah. the four hour uh, director's cuts. Here's the thing. If I can watch the movies and pretend I've never read the books, I enjoy them as the action movies that they are there yes. and they're delightful yeah. and I do want to go to New Zealand and see where they were shot mm. but, but uh, they are not anything I mean you can't so you get don't, rid of you Tom don't like Bombadil. the movie but you want to visit the set is that what you're saying <laughs> yeah. oh yeah okay. uh, the thing yeah. is, is is I love the I mean I think Peter Jackson did a beautiful job with the world yeah, I just think too. you can't Ruin Faramir. I had a crush on Faramir for the last 25 years. What are you Real doing? Deep nerd stuff right now. <laughs> Whose unpopular opinion is this, Jackie? But, but let me, but one more thing about this now. Now that you've hijacked her bit, yes, I'm with you, but isn't this just another case of how it's better to just see the film first and then read the book? Because then you can enjoy the film. And then read the book and say, holy shit, this is better than the film I liked. So that Rather would, that would than spending lovely. three and a half hours watching a film going, they got that wrong. They got that <laughs> shit wrong. Well, it, and if I can put aside, because the thing is, is when you watch a movie that you have read the book, you have to go in going, got to let it go. Let it go. Ready Player One. Uh, all of Marvel. <laughs> you have to. All of, you know, Lord of the Rings, uh, if you can do it. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's. There's books, uh, The Godfather. Did yeah. you ever read The Godfather? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. very different. There's a lot of stuff in that book that didn't make it. <laughs> Shall we get into it? I'd love to. Yeah, boy, Sonny's girlfriend. The, uh, yeah. Sonny's girlfriend at the wedding in the first yeah. scene. Oh, does she yeah. have an arc? Let me tell you. Yeah. Um, so, Roger Willen, wh why don't you like the Lord of the Rings films? The it's, acting, the story, what? It's so long. It's so long. And it's not that, okay, I can enjoy the, like, You're the really visuals. You're really going to hate the books, yeah. I can enjoy the visuals of the special effects, but sometimes, you know, it's a lot for my eyes. My older sister is, like, into nerd stuff, like, nerd stuff, nerd stuff, and she used to make me read those books with her. When she, she used to read them to me, 
And I'm trauma like you know, yeah, this just magical life, and some people <laughs> just don't appreciate that. Well, when we when we pick out a movie, I always ask him how long is it? Long? <laughs> long an hour and thirty minutes you, too long. <laughs> did I you know. ever see the Gandhi movie with what's his yeah. name? Oh, when I was very young, when I was a child, mm-hmm. and that was too long. There was an intermission at There's the an theater. Intermission, but it's great. It's I'm too great young movie. to really remember, but yeah. I'm sure I slept through it. Because you Das Boots. Philistines. <laughs> das Boots, a terrific film as well. Thank you very much. Malcolm X is three hours. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I'm not as cultured as you guys are. <laughs> the Irishman. Listen. That movie. That movie's still running. Like it's yeah. still going. It's yeah. like you know what I want. Happening. I want to listen to Beyonce. I want to listen to watch YouTube videos. I want to look at. Cat videos on Instagram. This is what I do for entertainment. I don't like all this culture. Jackie Cation, what, what what is your unpopular opinion? Oh, I I comparably, uh, it is also media related. Uh, I hate Breaking Bad. Oh, I'm not yeah. saying it isn't well oh. done. I'm just saying it's never going. I stopped oh. watching it when the ATM fell on that woman, and I was like, oh, he's never going to get his shit together. Mm. And the second, and I only I've only ever seen the first Godfather movie. Because, you didn't see Godfather 2? No, because at the end of Godfather 1, I was like, oh, he's already lying to her? This relationship isn't going to work. I'm not watching <laughs> this movie. You, those Godfather movies, they appeal to men in a different way. That's Because yeah. that's what I get yeah. you. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Getting, getting angry. Oh, at this no, that's a, that's a man bro- movie. A good movie, but a man movie. <laughs> all four of my brothers and my dad. I mean, my dad used to be a bookie for a bag man in <laughs> Milwaukee. So th- we're not, not talking. Not to brag. We're not talking the Corleones. We're not talking the Sopranos. <laughs> we're talking like, I don't know, Jack DeSalvo's brother. Whatever. It's like, I mean, it's a it's a very different level of, of you know, Frank Pulaski. I think there was some Polish. Anyway, so, but the, uh, um, but so I, whenever I see dirtbags and like Goodfellas and all those things, I'm like, oh, that's, that's North American Jerry. I don't want to fucking know about North American Jerry's life. You know, it's they're like, all men too. They're all men. They're all dudes yeah. and they're well, all super. You've us. never seen Godfather oh. 2, really? No. Winner of the Academy Award for Best Picture. You've no, never I know. seen my favorite I know there's, movie. There's, right? My wow. So yeah. good. It's so great. I, I made uh, Roger watch those movies, Godfather 1 and 2, because I love those movies. Like, yeah, you don't need to see 3. I have to take nap breaks. I have to take nap breaks. Not only that, at the end she was like, I don't get it. But if a movie's a good movie, it doesn't matter how long it is. If it's so, I mean, the thing is, is and, and show I us ten hours long beautiful. of Holocaust fun. I watch horror movies. I don't watch culture. I'm not into this culture. <laughs> Sorry, Jackie. Class Go ahead. and all that. Well, like and films. quite honestly, like I saw Schindler's List. I'm not going to watch it on a Sunday afternoon. Mm. It's not a rewatch. Well, as a comedy, it fails on every level. On every level. every level. I, I laughed maybe five times the whole movie. It's a list of of people that were saved, but literally <laughs> the blank page is what really got me. So uh, it's the, thirty years. It's been long enough. We can joke you, about. You know it. what I like about De Niro? I like. You know, my favorite De Niro movie. Tell me, is Midnight Run. Me too. Oh, I mean, it's, it's my it's favorite. Well, it's easily one of the greatest buddy movies one ever. One of the made. greatest. It's de- definitely the greatest comedy he's made. The only great action film. Oh he's my made. god! It's the it's, only. It's good a little too long. A little too long. Made. They could shave twenty minutes off it. But oh, they could shave twenty Charles minutes off of Grodin's me. best performance ever right. in that movie. Possibly yes. Yeah, I love it. For sure. You didn't like the one with the with. I own it. I watch it on the yeah, regular. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's such so a good. moving movie too. At the end, I cry at the end of that movie. It's yeah. so good. I don't cry. I'm going to forgive you for the Godfather for that. Uh, Lenny, do you have an unpopular opinion? Uh, I don't know if it's most an opinion, but 
you know, I've I've never seen Game of Thrones, and I'm not really that interested in seeing it. No, that's not unpopular. <laughs> yeah, it's not unpopular. Yeah. That's why I tried to well, read it. I tried to watch it. I tried to listen to it on Audible. Yeah. You don't like all that sexual assault? <laughs> yeah, it turns so out yeah. You guys just got, hate dragons. That was me. That was, <laughs> oh, well, I would fight you about that. <laughs> no, but I fucking love it. That was me with Succession. I was like, I watch fiction to escape rich assholes running my country. Oh, like, that's so good, though. We like oh, that. Yeah. Oh, you know. <laughs> Same with Entourage. It's like, I go home oh, and watch TV to get away from douche bags like this so okay that's that's kind yeah, of because I'm, I'm into normally i'm into that kind of stuff like you know marvel along lord of the well, rings someday you have this look forward to, someday you will have some time and you will be able to invest 50 hours in <laughs> one of the most incredible well-funded uh, incredible storytelling that ends on the most crushing disappointing bullshit of finales mm-hmm. so, so you I've have heard. that to look forward to <laughs> so yeah. i'd rather watch curb your enthusiasm that's you, my thing. what about the wire did you oh i love the great wire. show yeah. great yeah. no jack do that either can i tell you something about the wire just because it's too sad yeah. No, but yeah. stay stay with it. Get the, you get no, to season three. Get to season three. If you can make it to season three of the Wire, then you're then you're all clear. If you can do, it takes two I don't seasons know, to learn all the characters. Sixty hours mm-hmm. of your life, Jackie. It's really going to be worth it's it. It's so worth it. I'm I'm good. It's it bitter out. crime in the Baltimore inner city. What could be more fun than that? It's, I'm going to sit around and rewatch uh, whatever is happening and like uh, I don't know, diddle myself to bones all afternoon. <laughs> Leave me alone, <laughs> Dustin. What's your unpopular opinion? Uh, well, I just want to say this. Um, <laughs> My girl and I, we've been engaged over 15 years. And I think part of the reason we're not married is she wants to have a destination wedding in New Zealand and have a Lord of the Rings theme. So that probably has a little bit wow. of my hesitation on wow. getting married. <laughs> so, she is such a nerd. You know, Lea Bonham, she yeah, loves yeah. Lord of the Rings. Hey, Lord God. of the Rings theme wedding. Okay. Yeah. That's and all right. So we that's, got hobbits, that's all right. groomsmen. It's horrible. I did. Yeah, I just, horrible def- I, 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 am a, I, I officiated a I, wedding yeah. uh, a few months ago here uh-huh. in LA. Yes. And like they, they had like a fairy theme. The bridesmaids oh, were wow. all fairies with yeah. like wings and stuff. Stuff. Like, Why that can't was that just be the honeymoon? Yeah, I know. That's what I was You're thinking. just like, let's just go somewhere. Because then it's kinky. I'm into that. But right. <laughs> um, I think my unpopular opinion is I hate weed culture. Like, I'm so yeah. sick of Ooh. it. I'm over it. You're 420. Drugs are supposed to make you miss the holiday, not yeah. be a holiday. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, I see, nice. you know, I see a guy with like a, a weed shirt and a weed hat and a weed sock. I, right I, I get it. You live with your mom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know what I see when I see a me. young person walking yeah. into a dispensary? I say, you're a motherfucker who never accidentally bought a Regan for $20 yes. in Washington yes. Square Park. Yes. What do you I know from yeah. cannabis? I would give money and they would just run. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's how you bought weed. You're I not know. a weed fan until you've wasted yeah. your paycheck on something that began the day on an Avenue D spice rack in a bag. Um, yeah. yeah, it's too it's, corporate now, right? Well, it's it's, it's dorky, <laughs> it's nerdy, it's, it's so stupid. It, yeah, it's corporate, and they're it's taking the over man. New York. They're taking yeah. over New York. How about the everywhere. best minds of my generation are wasting their lives making the perfect weed, <laughs> as opposed to curing <laughs> cancer? You know what? And Fish is not a good band. I'm sorry. I need my songs to oh, end. I need my songs to end. Go. Just end. There Welcome to go. the Popular Opinion <laughs> Show. We gotta go. Uh, Dustin Chafin, how do our yes. listeners follow you and keep up? with all your many doings. Awesome. Uh, you can uh, check out my website, DustinChafin.com and at Dustin underscore Chafin on Instagram. Um, I'm going to uh, You're be, touring. I am. I'm touring. I'm on the Nate Bergazzi uh, Be Funny Tour. We're going all over the country. I'm also headlining um, next weekend. I'll be at Indianapolis, Indiana at Crackers Comedy Club. And then the following week, I'll be at Three East Comedy Club in Colorado Springs, June 30th and July 1st. And you're going to be playing Radio City Music. Radio City, I'm pretty excited. That's my New York comeback is going to be where I saw Willie Nelson and the Rockettes and the Christmas show. So I'm pretty excited. I'm very jealous. I've never You got to come hang out with us. I played the Beacon. I played some good. I've never. Yo, I'm I'm coming. Please do. You're bringing me backstage. Absolutely. Kathy Griffin brought me backstage for her show. Oh, that's awesome. You got to top her. Miss Jackie Cashian, how do we follow you? 
Oh, attainable goal, my friends. Uh, Jackie at JackieCation.com is my email. Why would I say that out loud? But go ahead. Hard. You, hard and I'm right gonna, now. How about this? Uh, the weekend of Comic-Con, I'm doing Mic Drop in San Diego, 20, July 21, 22. Brilliant. Nice. And that'll be super fun. And I'm on tour uh, 40 weeks a year, so go to JackieCation.com. Raja and Lenny, really quick, how do we follow you guys? Um, well, we have a joint comedy album, Brownie Points. That's you right, can, yeah. Any streaming platform. Yeah, or go to LennyShelton.com. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, we also have a, a short horror film we made called um, Bonding. Bonding. Yeah, so check you it out on YouTube. Brilliant. I want to thank all of our guests. I want to thank Sam and everyone here at SiriusXM Studios on the West Coast. And thank you to Thea and Chris, of course. I'm John Fugelsang. Keep it tuned to SiriusXM Progress. Peace. Peace.